2: Welcome Hokies fans to this edition of the Tech Sideline Podcast. The Virginia Tech women's basketball team ranked fourth in the country is your 2023 ACC Tournament Champions, and they earn national respect as one of the top teams in the nation. We'll celebrate and we'll talk all about their success in Greensboro, as well as get you ready for the 2023 ACC Men's Basketball Tournament set to tip off on Tuesday. That's coming up on episode 280. Seven of the Tech Sideline podcast, which starts right now. We record on Monday, March 6th, 2023 from our high-tech studio at the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center right here in Blacksburg, Virginia. We welcome you in whether you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you consume your podcast, or if you're watching over there on YouTube. If you do happen to be on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe while you're over there and also turn on the notification bell so you don't miss any future TSL content. Tech Sideline is presented by First Bank and Trust Company. They're giving away one free annual TSL Pass subscription each week from January through mid-March. So it's almost over. To enter, hit the link in the YouTube description or find one of their ads on the techsideline.com website. Be sure to enter every week and remember who you choose to bank with can make all the difference in your overall experience. First Bank and Trust Company is the bank that puts you first. Visit www.firstbank.com to learn more. And Will, I
1: know we have a winner this week. Yes, sir. It's actually last week's winner, uh, <clears throat> Randy Mullins of Blacksburg. Randy is winner number eight out of ten. So this week, if you enter, there's like two more weeks, this week and next week. And... Uh um, so like Gio said, uh, hit the link in the YouTube description or look for the ads on our site. All right. Let's go ahead and
2: introduce everybody on set to my right, managing editor, editor, David Cunningham across the way, founder and general manager, Will Stewart behind the scenes producing today, the one and only Mr. Nick Brown. I'm your host Giovanni heater. Thanks so much for joining us on your Monday afternoon, as we, uh, talk about the, Fourth-ranked team in the country. Doesn't that just have a ring to it? The twenty twenty-three ACC a- C- C- champs. Yeah, that's it's a beautiful crazy. thing. Pretty
0: Excellent. cool, man. Yeah. I I told I told somebody before um, the tournament that if Tech had made it, you know, I thought the most dangerous team Tech was going to play, the team that would give them the most problems, would be Miami on that in that first game. If Miami got there, they beat Tech earlier in the year, and, and Tech was a completely different team. But Miami has depth and length. Tech beat them handily. Tech beat Duke, Tech rolled past Louisville. You were there, yesterday, as was I. ACC champs, just and the fact that they won eleven straight games, it, it's it's incredible.
2: Let's save it for just a moment. Let's go ahead and talk real quick and begin our show oh, with some right. of I'm the other go sports other uh, going on right now. It is a great time in Virginia Tech Athletics. I know everyone thinks, like, ah, football, men, basketball aren't really doing too hot right now, but pretty much everything else yeah. is doing really, really good. Um, you talk about uh, 10 different wrestlers are going to be sent to the NCAA tournament. That is the first time in program history that that is going to happen. Uh, the 11th- For those of
1: you that don't follow wrestling, that is a wrestler in every weight class yeah. going to the NCAA. It's yeah. first time ever.
0: And Tech had... Two ACC champs, and Makai Lewis and Caleb Henson yesterday. Caleb Henson, who's a
2: freshman, Mm -hmm. by the way, he could potentially win a national championship.
1: Yeah, keep he's, an eye on that. He's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, no doubt about that. The 11th ranked team in the country, Virginia Tech baseball, swept Charlotte. Um, and Charlotte's probably their best competition up to this point. Um, Virginia Tech just looked really sound all weekend long. Uh, the hitting was incredible. <laughs> Chris Canizzaro. Chris Canizzaro's amazing. Um, so the guy comes in. First of all, he was already red hot. And then he uh, hits a walk-off in the uh, bottom of the 10th inning on the Friday game to win it 13-11. to On top of that day, I believe he he went, correct me if I'm wrong, it was like four for five that day. Something like that. When he hit the cycle earlier in the He hit the, the week. cycle the weekend before, right, um, against Bryant on Sunday. Um, and on top of that cycle, he hit another home run. So he's coming <laughs> into, he's coming into, uh, that was a five for six day for him. He's coming into Saturday, and he's already batting uh, 533. Has another uh, four for five day on Saturday. <laughs> and then on Sunday, he just, oh, shoot, he only goes three for five, but. <laughs> He also was a home run away from hitting this cycle. Again, and it's just again. like he just he led every game off with a hit and he just continued to dominate. He right now he's batting well over five hundred, I'd have to look exactly, but it's like five sixty something at this yeah. point. And it's just Putting up ridiculous numbers. Went into the weekend seventh in the ACC. Now he's at the top.
1: Yeah, and and at one point I I heard, I think I saw on Twitter, he was 15 of his last 19.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think he went in yesterday like 16 of 21 or something like that. Yeah, like like he's 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 outrageous. Tech baseball as a whole doing really really well. Swept Charlotte.
2: Open ACC played this weekend against Boston College? Pitching, some people might have some gruntles about the, yeah. about the starting yeah, you pitching. You said Boston
1: College. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, pitching, maybe in some ways could have been better, but then the relief pitching was what was really yeah. impressive for Virginia Tech. Guys that came in uh, and did their job uh, really well and, and offered good relief. So, all around, a really sound weekend against good competition. A sweep is is not easy to do, and Coach Chef talked about how there is a big difference between winning two games and three games uh, in a weekend, yeah. and, and they they progressively got better. It went from a really tight offensive back and forth game on Friday to a little more back and forth, but you could tell Tech was kind of the better team, and the defenses started to show out a little bit more, a little more lower scoring. And then Sunday it was all tech. Yeah. Uh,
1: won it twelve to four and just and completely ran away with it. Yeah,
2: eighth ranked team in the country. Softball swept
1: NC State 10-1 run rule yesterday. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. They swept a team that's being coached by their director of operations. <laughs> yeah, Nick that's Brown true. was on the call. <laughs> Nick Brown. Um, so so w- w- help me fill in the story. Uh, NC State fired their pitching coach on Tuesday.
0: Well, as a head coach and an assistant, and yeah, but they fired the pitching coach first. Wife. Right. Oh, I did it. I uh, <laughs> well, Nick I fired everybody. Yeah, they, Nick says they pretty much fired everybody so
1: Um, so so I think their pitching coach got fired and then the head coach and her husband assistant both got (laughs) fired right before they got on the bus to come to Blacksburg
0: yeah nice but solid Mm -hmm. solid weekend for tech softball yep um Hokies open ACC play 3-0 really really good start um again for for all those sports go to techsideline.com read about it we've got stories up right now Everybody, Chris Hirons did a phenomenal job covering it. Chip Grubb yep. and Ishan Lambo both chipped in and covered that yep. one. Um, and Jack Brizentine was down. Jack Brizendine, I feel bad for him, man. He was covering the ACC tournament in in Greensboro for thirty three or four sports and left to go to Raleigh to cover wrestling for mm. us. And the women's the championship. The, he missed the championship. And so I need, wrestling pay,
2: I need to pay Jack a little extra this month. <laughs> yeah, I think he deserves a bonus this month. <laughs> uh, but uh, no doubt about it. But uh, also track and field. Women's and men's th- track and field. ACC indoors, champs. Indoors, yes. Indoors last, last
1: week. week. So we left out. I don't think we explicitly said Tech Wrestling finished second in the ACC yeah, as a team right. to NC State.
2: Right. And uh, also the one team we left out, and they never get any love. And as, a, as a lacrosse fan, I'm going to give them some love. Even though they're not winning games right now and lost pretty tough up in the dome to Syracuse this weekend uh go watch Virginia Tech women's lacrosse because they're uh, they're a fun team to be around and uh, they're getting better great head coach in uh in Kristen Skyra and uh, they're building something uh, no doubt about that it just takes time so uh, yeah. tune into Virginia Tech women's lacrosse as well this spring all right let's go ahead and dive into this uh again you just love to say it 23 2023 ACC champs it just felt like something clicked 11 games ago and boom they just started Beating up on everybody. Like when they played Florida State on a Sunday in Castle, and Florida State was pretty darn good, and everyone's talking about Florida State's freshman who's one of the leading scorers in the ACC, and then Tech just punches him in the mouth and beats him by like 20 and led the entire game. It was just like from that point on, they're avenging losses because then they beat Duke, then they beat Miami in the ACC tournament. They just. Could not have asked for a stronger start. The one game where they had a wrinkle was in Chapel Hill against Carolina, and they still ended up winning the game at the buzzer. Yeah,
0: I I think, um, you know, I was obviously in Greensboro. I wrote about the game. I wrote about all three games this weekend. Will wrote a Monday Thoughts um, this morning. Um, Tech lost uh, in late January at Duke, and I was there. um, And I remember coming back and talking to Will about it, and and honestly – it got to the point where where Tech was Tech was easy to prepare for. I think in in the way that it's a really good team with a lot of options and a lot of weapons, but Tech hadn't figured out how to get everybody the ball yet, and how everybody wasn't like set in in their roles. And I think Duke figured out that if you take away Elizabeth Kitley, and if you hound Georgia Amore, something's gonna happen. It have, have to give.
1: And that happened. Tech did not play well at all. Um, was right. okay. so, so I actually looked these numbers up just last night from my column. They lost to Duke 66 to 55. Yeah. Kitley and Amore combined to go three for 21 mm-hmm. for 11 points. Amore had zero assists in 39 minutes and turned it over four times. And you're right, they did it by double and triple teaming Kitley, beating her up, and hounding Amore.
0: Yeah. Very easy to prepare for. Tech would essentially roll Kitley out on the low block player where she's been playing all year and if you're duke it's easy to drag backside help over and then the person that's guarding the person at the top of the key just drags down all of a sudden you've got three people surrounding her and tech hadn't been playing great basketball i mean tech was tech was good but Tech barely escaped Pitt and Wake Forest, two of the teams towards the bottom of the ACC. They had lost to Clemson and had lost to Clemson and had lost to Miami. Now Miami's a good team, a pretty good team, but but after that game, Kenny Brooks was so frustrated, and I told Will afterwards he needed to adjust. He needs to figure out a way to adjust. And to his credit and to the team's credit, that's all they did the last eleven games, where they saw Duke again. And they came out and adjusted. They saw NC State. They saw Florida State. And they they dragged Kitley away from the basket, got her in unique spots. They drew up different plays where Amor was coming off a screen here instead of here, and she got a better look. And they made it more difficult. to. They made themselves more difficult to defend. And the other thing is they came out and started games hot. They didn't feel teams out, and which is something that, you know, Elizabeth Kittley and Georgia Amor said that they kind of got into the habit of. They would field teams out, and it, it'd be a close game at the end of the first quarter, and then they'd go on the run.
1: Right. They held Duke to three points in the second quarter? They did. So so let me jump in there because actually, I actually looked this up, too. And so they've won 11 games in a row since losing to uh, Duke. They've won eight of the first quarters in those 11 games, and their scoring margin I think was 215 to – one fifty something. It works out to plus six and a half per game in the first quarter. So no. they started coming out of the gate stronger. And Gio, you brought up the Florida state game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tech, had lost to Duke and then won a couple of games, I think Virginia and Syracuse and then NC state at home. Yes. And, and, and then 34 to 11 at the end of the first quarter against Florida state. And that's, or sorry,
0: that was, NC, it was NC state on the road oh, the, and, and, right. and, and then, and, and, uh, Brook Wyckoff, Florida State head coach, takes a timeout not even like two minutes into the game sure. because Tech outscored him like eleven nothing in the first in minute just the and first half.
1: couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And, and so and all of that, that I think that's the biggest thing. Tech's playing its biggest, biggest, and best basketball right now. Right, like this was a team who struggled at times, and all of a sudden, like a switch flipped, yeah. and everybody knew their assignments defensively. I mean against Miami and against Duke this week, Tech held them below 30% from the floor. Those are two good teams. Yeah. Two teams that are going to be in the NCAA tournament. They held Louisville to 37%. Like This is a really good team. They're playing good defense. They're starting games hot. And all of that kind of led to this past weekend, where it was like, okay, Virginia Tech's won eight straight games leading in eight or nine straight games leading into this thing. This is scary. The only other team that's won more is Notre Dame. Notre Dame's without Olivia Miles, probably the second. And that changed a lot. Probably the second best player in the conference. Notre Dame got blown out by Louisville. It was Tech's championship to lose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. So that's kind of sets the table before we get in all that going into the ACC tournament. Right.
2: All right. Let's go game by game. Now want to talk first, obviously about the Miami game. I knew how good tech had been playing up to that point. We've been following, we've been watching and it's like, wow, I just don't, you couldn't see them losing, to be honest. I was like, I don't know how they lose. Like, th- This is their ACC championship to lose, especially with the injuries going in for Notre Dame, and those injuries were apparent before the tournament um, and had, had happened. And um, and the one team that I was like, mm. Miami made a run to the championship last year, if you remember, right. lost to NC State in the championship game. They had to make upsets in that process. I believe they beat Louisville, no? Yeah. They, they, they beat Louisville on their way to the championship a year ago. And out of the four losses Tech had on their schedule, Miami
1: was Miami one of them in Coral Gables. Yeah, and and so Tech gets the double buy, and, and, and I always have this concern. The double buy sounds great. It keeps you from getting tired, but that means you're going to play a game against a team that's already played. With some momentum. Right, and, and it was this weird situation where with the double buy and playing the very last game on Friday, by the time Tech played, there were only five teams left in the tournament. Mm-hmm. True. And and so then they go into but they gotta turn
0: around and, and play on on Saturday. Yeah, like the game ended. Like Kenny Brooks was doing media until like ten game. something at night yeah. after the Miami game. Yeah, and he's like, we gotta get to the hotel because we gotta turn around and we gotta go play at two in the afternoon, two thirty in the afternoon the next yeah. day. Yeah. Um but but yeah that I've, the double buy was big
1: yeah but they started off that Miami game 20 to 5 after one quarter and and David yeah. I don't recall the details about that that massacre of a, of a first quarter what happened against Miami
0: Yeah, the big thing was Tech was unconscious from three and settled out throughout the rest of the game, but I believe Tech shot um, 52. uh, Tech's best three-point shooting performance of the year. Um, Yeah, I got the stats in front of me. In the Miami game. Oh, sorry. That was not the Miami game. I think it was the Duke game. They actually went seven for 28
2: against Miami, which is 25%. Yeah, sorry. It was the Duke
0: game that Tech was nine of 17 from three. Mm -hmm. Um, Against Miami, Tech didn't really turn the ball over. I think that was the biggest thing. Six turnovers. Tech controlled the tempo. My and I think the very interesting thing is all three of these games, Miami, Duke, Louisville, all three of them are teams that like to press. They like to trap. Louisville's the best at it. Duke's right. probably the second best. Miami's probably the third best. Maybe. So you got three teams that are going to tr- hound you, trap you, press you, and tech was tech was better about it. And as the the, the defenses got better, tech. Not that Tech got worse, but you could see it started to eat away at Tech a little bit. But against Miami, Tech really controlled the pace, controlled the tempo. That Tech's defense was phenomenal. And Miami shot, what, in the first quarter? Miami was... Two of 17 in the first quarter. <laughs> Miami made two field goals in the first quarter. Tech was eight I'm of sorry. 19. <laughs> That's just really bad. It's ri- it's ridiculous. And so, and Tech basically, Tech, and it, it, you know what? I think the biggest thing is like, like against Florida State, it was the offense, right? Against a team like Miami, it was the defense where... Immediately in the first quarter, Tech didn't necessarily score the ball in a big bunch, but they came out and punched him in the mouth on the defensive yeah. end. And Miami got into a little bit of foul trouble, started to be a little bit unbalanced. And, and Miami's got some talented players. Like I said, Miami, I thought, is one of the most deep, is one of the deepest teams in the ACC. Just they've got two players that, that are as big as Kitley. And, and so they can kind of rotate it out. Not a lot of people have, have that ability and Tech essentially just played its game yeah. and, and controlled the tempo, controlled the pace, got good looks. My, it didn't matter. Miami went to zone a little bit, and Tech just kind of went around it.
1: And so one of the things I saw, and I saw this with Miami, and then you saw it again with Duke, um, I remember watching the men win the, win the ACC tournament last year and barely beat Clemson, had a big offensive game with Notre Dame that Tech came out on top. And then this thing happened where they the men looked like they were that team of destiny. And if you remember, I got, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. Duke and UNC shot extremely poorly from behind yeah. the three point line, and and some of that is the defense that Tech played. And back to this discussion, yes, the Virginia Tech women played good defense, but there's also a psychological game where the the other team starts to press and they don't look as good as they really are, and they don't play as well as they really are. Yeah. And that goes into the championship game, and specifically Haley Van Lith, which we'll talk about later. Yeah,
0: well, I, I think one of the things for Miami and Duke, well, like Miami's a, a pretty good offensive team. Miami scored the ball pretty well the day before against Boston College. Duke is not as good. Um, Duke's better on the defensive end. Duke yeah. usually wins games by its defense and, and scores when it can. And... Both of those games, Tech's defense just punched him in the mouth, and, and there was not enough offense. Louisville was the team, and we saw that at the end, which I know we'll get into. Louisville was the team because of its offense and the ability of, wow, you know, they can just kind of make shots when they need to. Louisville almost came back and had a chance at the very end. but
1: So, so listen to the scoring by quarter uh, against Miami and against Duke. These are the points that Miami scored in four quarters and Duke scored in four quarters. 5, 10, 12, 15 for Miami in the fourth quarter. Duke scored 9, 9, 12, and 7. Yeah, that's insane. It's it's hard to lose when your opponents are doing that, and it's hard to win when you're the team doing that.
0: Duke, I mean, like Duke only made two. Duke made five shots in the first and fourth quarters. (laughs) Total. Total, like between the first and
2: fourth quarters. Tech made... Nine in the second alone. Yep. I think there's two players worth talking about here. Um, I mean, that was probably worded wrong. But um, Georgia Amor is literally playing like if Kitley comes back next year, it's like those two are going to compete for ACC player <laughs> of the year. Like yeah. Georgia Amor is playing ridiculous basketball right now, and she is – the difference is Kitley's fun to watch. Don't get me wrong, but Kitley is kind of the same thing. Feed her down on the inside. She gets a lot off of her own offensive rebounds, interestingly enough, but she does that you know, 10-foot 10, 10 fadeaway that like just seems to always go in or rattles around and then falls down. And, but Amor is an electrifying player. Yeah. With her step backs and her crossovers and she's fast and she'll shoot on the run and she is fun to watch. And then the other player I wanted to talk about is like you have to you have to applaud Ashley Awusu a little bit because you got to remember she's an all-American from Maryland where she was the girl. And the injury's part of it, but she's kind of had to take a little bit of a back seat here. Yeah. Considering she hasn't really played many minutes at all. Yeah. Um towards this this 11 game run that they're on, she hasn't really been a big part of that. Yeah. Um but she's here, and she was smiling yesterday with the championship, and she was excited to win. And for a girl that was an all-American and the face of Maryland basketball, I'm sure that's a an adjustment for her, and
1: I think that deserves an applaud. Which which segues into the Taylor Soul discussion. No, I was gonna say Taylor. She's you gotta, a beast, though. Taylor yeah. Soul
0: and Kayana Trailer and, and Kayla King and Deasia Gregg. Man, I mean those four, those four. They're the four players that are. Now, oh, they won't be overlooked by Tech fans, I don't think. They won't be overlooked, but they'll be overlooked by national media mm-hmm. because you'll look at them and go, okay. Especially Greg. Yeah, I mean... I mean,
2: She's a beast.
0: The job that they did, the job that Kayla King and Taylor Sloan, and on a trailer did on Haley Van Lith yesterday was ridiculous. Yeah, Tech uh,
1: kept rotating defenders they, on her.
0: They, and it was a similar style of thing when they played other teams with one really, really good player, right? Taylor Soul has the ability to play one through five and to guard one through five and her athleticism, her versatility is unmatched. Kayla King forced Haley Van Litt to like airball one or two shots. Yes. Like just, yeah, well, yeah, like two shots. And this is somebody who's like up for the wooden award, like top 15 player in the country. Right. Yeah. And just the rebounding and, the controlling of the pace. I mean, obviously, Georgia Amor, I think, was the best player in the tournament. I voted for her for the tournament MVP, and she won it. She made 14 threes. That's a tournament record. But the way that everybody else, Deasia Gregg comes in and hits a three here or there. Taylor sold Deasia Gregg, grab a couple rebounds. Kayla King grabs a couple of rebounds. Kayana Trailer comes in and, and has a couple assists, hits a three when needed. Everybody knows their role, and that is the most da- dangerous part about this team, because you can take away Elizabeth Kelly. She only had eight points, I think, against Duke. Eight points, but it didn't matter because George Amore had like twenty four. Taylor Soul scored it
1: well. Kiana Trailer scored it well. Kayla King chipped in here. Deja Gregg chipped in here. So, so part of the reason Tech has gone on an eleven game winning streak is they've had a twenty plus point scorer in all eleven games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, four times they've had two 20-plus yeah. point scores,
0: And and I think it was against Duke that Greg was like a point away from a, a double-double, which would have yeah. given Tech three players in, with yeah. a double-double.
1: Like, um, and, and so Keana Trailer, one of the adjustments that that Kenny made after that Duke game was to share the load on George Amor a little bit, and Trailer is the one who was best suited for that for yeah. helping oh, bring no the ball doubt. up. And even Taylor Sowell brought it a the lot. ball up some. Because to your point, she can play one through five, and the, per- the the person that's defending her is already down at the other end of the court setting up to play defense. So soul can really help you get it over half court in a pressing situation. Yeah.
2: Well, against Duke, they they talked about uh, on whatever the show is after ACCPM or whatever. They had the desk there with uh, with the four of uh, the four women experts, and they they interviewed Amor after the first two games, and then Kitley and Amor after the third game, and they asked Amor. You know, what was it like playing the two tonight? That's how she got so many open threes against Duke, um, was she was playing the two for a lot of it. And Georgia said, she's like, I'm going to do whatever is best. I like playing the one better, but I'll play the two. And And she said, she's like, the two offers me... Easier shots. I don't have to cross somebody up and step back and fade away into a three when I'm playing the two because I can come off the ball and get it. Yeah. So
1: uh, continuing on the Amor train, there there was an interesting discussion on our women's basketball board, I think, uh, before the Louisville game about Georgia's athleticism. And I've always thought she's, she's really quick. She never stops. And Mm -hmm. that's part of, she is, she is quick and fast. What
0: did did you, how did you describe her in your, Uh, what did I say? An energizer,
1: bunner of bunny of a water bug. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, But this discussion specifically centered around her ability to do that, that jab step, like she's going to drive and get the defender back on their heels and then step back and shoot that, that three. Uh, much like Kitley's fadeaway, mid-range fadeaway, is almost impossible She to creates defend. space. You know, and Georgia does the same thing. And so, anyway, my point is the underrated athleticism to take that step and jump back, and there's a tremendous amount of separation, and she gets an open look. Um,
0: she, she, she did that in the corner yesterday against yeah. Louisville.
1: And it was like unreal. I'm surprised more people don't fall down it, trying to defend that. It's,
2: a, I mean, it sounds like a ridiculous comparison, but just the style of point guard she is and her ability, she, her dribble moves are like Steph Curry. i was gonna asks. say you're
1: gonna say Steph Curry.
2: Well, it's aren't like, it? but that's what he does. He's not catching off the ball and shooting. He's making, he's creating those shots, and he's known for creating that space and then doing those step backs and those and 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 all that and. That's what she does, and yeah. that's why she's electrifying to watch. But, but
0: she also, like Steph, I mean, she also has the ability to, to if they play her off the ball, she can, you know, scurry around screens and come off and catch and shoot. Oh, and yeah.
2: And she could take you on the drive, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's lethal.
0: Yeah. She's got,
2: I think she's got a serious chance at player of the year next she year. She had,
0: man, she had, I don't remember if it was Duke or Miami, but she had a quarter where Kitley, where, where Tech just needed some offense. And and she just scored like eight straight points. Yeah, and, and it and it and it's like just a little jab in the arm, like like she's phenomenal. And you know I'm so glad I wrote you know back in October I wrote the feature on Amor about Kenny went all the way to Ukraine or Belarus to recruit her. Um, you know went all the way to Eastern Europe and recruited a girl from Australia to come here and. You know, he he's like, I knew she was gonna be a really good player and now she's winning the AC tournament MVP.
1: And yeah. But you know, part of what helps Kitley and Amor be so good is I the other it. pieces that yeah. tech has. Kenny's got options and, and I and I made that statement in the in the in the article I wrote today. Most coaches they are not dumb, they're career coaches, they know how to adjust. The question is, do you have the players that can make yeah. it work? And when you talk about trailer and Greg and Sol and King they got the players to make it work. Yeah. Trail- I, think, oh, I was going to say,
0: I think that's one of the things that you... It's not like Tech was never in... Tech was never in an ACC tournament final, but it wasn't like Tech was never in big games in Kenny's first four or five years. Yeah. I just... Kenny didn't have the players, right? He had a... A Taylor Emery, or a Taj Cole, he had he had like one he or had two some players. He had, well, he, I mean, the Reagan McGarity was a really She's really a good player, player yeah. for Virginia Tech, right? She and and Taylor Emery were phenomenal together, but it was like for you know Asia Shepherd came along, but it was like you had two or three or four pieces. You didn't have five. Oh, okay. Once you got five, you didn't have six, right? Mm. And there are six players that. Kenny can put on the floor and even Taylor Guyman, who's coming. She's played really good defense at times. Yep. Everybody knows their role. And, and when Ashley does get on, she helps. Well, she hasn't played in a while. No, but, she
2: hasn't played in a, but in a
0: minute. Yeah, I mean, there's a, it's a, it's a good group that, um, that, that everybody knows how to play together. And it, it's not like anybody's selfish. You know, everybody kind of gets their
1: shots and they just want to win. I, so so let me let me piggyback on that. One thing I saw in the game yesterday, being there in person, that I don't think comes across on television, is they do know where to be, and there's there's something about the chemistry that's been elevated to where and, and I'm and I'm having trouble describing it's just sitting at the angle I was sitting at. You see Georgia dribbling around and you see somebody, whether it's soul or trailer, coming out to the spot on the floor, the spacing is really good, the trust is there, and that's, a, that's that thing that is hard to see and hard to pin down, but it's happening, and that's why they've won 11 in a row in an ACC championship.
2: We want to talk about Louisville,
1: and let's talk about Louisville,
2: but then I want to talk about real quick, too, Um, after that, what's going to happen. Charlie Cream right now has him as a one seed, yeah. and I think there's a big difference between a one, being a one seed and being a top six overall, which means you're one of the first two two seeds, because then you have to face one of the one seeds, which means you could end up having to play South Carolina or something before the final four. And um, everyone talks about how women's basketball is so top heavy, right? And there's not enough parity in what I think that they're at a point the way they've played the last 11 games. I think Virginia Tech could play with anybody in the country. Like I think I, I don't think you're crazy to say that this team is a national championship contender right now. 11 games ago they didn't look like it. Beginning of the season we're like, "Ah, there's someone there's not enough parity like it's kind of South Carolina, Yukon and everyone else." I mean, I think, I think Virginia Tech can play with anybody. I think this is a team that if, if if the cards start to fall the right way, of course you need a little bit of luck. That's how I, tournaments work. You need a little bit of luck to bounce your way in the NCAA tournament. I think they can beat anybody in the country. I don't think they uh, South
0: Carolina is the one team that's far and beyond everybody At else. Least, I, yeah.
2: I, I think Virginia Tech can beat everybody but
0: South Carolina. I think South Carolina is the one
2: team that is just unreal. Well, then that in that case, if they're a one seed, they can still go to a Final Four or a national championship game.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I agree with David about South Carolina. Um, I like as a, you know, man, you don't want to doom anybody. But if when you're a one seed in women's basketball, the best you're going to face is an eight, nine. It's a cakewalk to the to the sweet 16, which is the best techs ever done mm-hmm. in 99. And then in 99, they ran into the number one seed in the tournament, Tennessee. Um, it was about what two, was Tech that year. Uh, nuts. A a four, a four Yeah, five. they were a four, and they wound up against the one in that in that Sweet Sixteen yeah. game. Right. Um, I think it was probably about two weeks ago that Charlie is it cream or cream? Cream, cream, cream. cream. cr. He had EME. Tech as the number eight overall team, and that's not good because that means you're going to run into South Carolina. That means
0: you're going to be in South Carolina's bracket. Yeah. Right. As of yeah. today, Tech is the fourth number one. Yeah. And even if, and here's the thing, Tech is probably going to end up in the Seattle part of the bracket.
1: Which is unfortunate for us. We'd rather just, have them be in Greenville.
0: Just the just way it's going to shake out. Um, it's probably going to be South Carolina, Indiana, 1-2. They'll both go to Greenville. Stanford will go to Seattle. And then the fourth team, whether it's Tech or Iowa, will go to Seattle as well. But whether you're 5 or 6, I think that's a big thing. Whether you're, whether you're number 4 or number 5 you're going to Seattle and you're in the same bracket. And if you're six, you're probably in the Stanford bracket. But that's the thing, man. Tech could be a number one seed. Yeah, like You win an ACC championship. You've won 11 straight games. You're a number one, number one seed. You're one of the four top four
2: games. Like what more do you want? I think you deserve a one seed.
0: You're one of the top four <laughs> teams in the country. And, and I tell you what, I did this. I said this yesterday. Tech is one of two teams in the country. The other one is UConn. That is 10 quadrant one wins.
1: 10 and two. Ten and two. Now they don't actually have quadrants in the women's
0: Well, they do, but it's different from the men's. Yeah. Like okay. it's it's they take they take out the home court advantage, so to speak, aspect of it, where you don't get credit okay. for a win on the road in like in men's. If you go on the road, a quadrant one game is anybody between one and seventy-five. For the women, they just say a quadrant one game is anybody between one and twenty-five. It doesn't matter if you're home away okay, or neutral
2: floor. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the Louisville game or do we want to take our championship game? Let's hear it. What are you guys' thoughts? I mean, I, I want to hear about you guys went there. Um, you were there the whole time, but Will went down there. So our good friend Carter Hill said it was deafening loud, and there are so many Hokies fans, and Will got on the phone with me last night. He's like, you know, it wasn't as big of a turnout as I thought, and I thought it was kind of quiet. And I'm like, that's funny. Carter said the opposite.
1: So let me explain myself. First of all, I'm, <laughs> in, the, I'm in the stands. These guys are on the floor, and that's where the sound's going. Um, Greensboro Coliseum seats, I don't know, 20 some thousand. They have the upper deck tarped right, off. Right. They have parts of the lower deck, I think, tarped off. Yes. The, the ACC listed attendance as something like 62 to 6,500. They're all down on the bottom level. They're, they're spread out and those tarps absorb sound. It just, we all know. So we saw them play, uh, NC state, I believe in Castle and that was on the road. Um, the Tech had a home game where they had a crowd of 64 6500. They 64. played they played uh, NC State played twice. They yeah, came okay. here. Yeah. So it, it was I think it was the NC State game in Castle. You have 6500 people in Castle and it is loud. Right. Um I don't know. I just there were I, just
0: sixty. they were about. There were probably about the same number yesterday, but I, I I'm kind of in the middle between you and Carter. Where I was impressed with how many people were there, but yeah. I do not think
1: it was as loud as it would have been in Castle. Well, of course, uh, well, yes, not. And but if you look at the uh, the attendance for Tech's first three games, the Miami game attendance was listed at seven thousand and something. The Duke game attendance was listed at high sixes, low sevens. So the listed attendance for the championship was actually less than it was for the yeah. other two.
2: But that because that could have been because there were two other teams there. Yeah. Duke and
1: Duke and UNC were still in it. It's probably also yeah, tickets well, sold. Not well. The right,
0: Duke UNC game was in the same session as Tech Miami, which helps. Right. And it's Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Louis, Notre Dame, Louisville, Tech, Duke in the same session. So yeah. there are more, more fans for more teams, but, but I will, I, I was impressed with
1: the turnout.
0: I, I thought it, I thought the crowd was loud at times. And I mean, it was like a 70, 30 crowd. I'm yeah. Like, it was
1: overwhelmingly like, tight, of like, course.
0: And, um, you know, I thought it was, I thought was really interesting is like Georgia Amor. Um, you know, she said her parents, she was from Australia. She said her family in Australia streamed the game at 5. AM in Australia. Um, You know, but but with the number of fans there, and of course the band is there, shit. It just felt it felt like home. Like like there were so many Tech fans, and it wasn't necessarily loud the entire time. And Louisville fans, I thought, were for some parts of the game pretty loud. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, when all the Louisville fans filtered out and Tech was celebrating afterwards, that I mean, that place was it was just specks of maroon and
2: orange all over the place.
1: Yeah,
2: I thought one thing that like the score doesn't reflect how Tech really won this game. Like, there was a point early on where it was kind of back and forth, but Louisville just went down the floor and hit, like, th- every desperation three they put up went in, and I was like, bro, come on. It, it, well,
1: it ended up being an eight-point game, and it really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Louisville, if I remember the sequence correctly, first of all, Kitley scored six or eight points early. Yes. Mm-hmm. Louisville adjusted, and Louisville actually took a 10-6 lead at one point, I think, mm-hmm. and Van Lith hit two of her first four shots, and then went 2 of 15, yeah. no, 2 of 13 after that. I actually got it wrong in my article. Mm. She went 2 of 13 for the rest of the game. Tech led for 35 minutes of the game. That's one of those, the final score didn't really indicate how the game went. Yeah. Te- with, with with three
0: minutes to go, Tech led by 15.
1: Yeah. and I
0: mean, But but it was, it was pretty dominant. I mean, Louisville's tough because Louisville presses the entire game, and like I said earlier, Louisville's really good at it. But but tech found ways... It, I mean, again, it somebody asked on the boards, and I'm going to call them out. I don't know who it is, but somebody asked on the boards, David, why did you include the quote? It wasn't necessarily pretty or perfect, but it was a winning performance. Because there were times where it, it looked ugly for tech. Like, where tech... Struggled to get the ball across. Do you have the number of turnovers there Gio? you for
1: the Louisville
2: game?
0: Uh, for, yeah, for was, Virginia
1: Tech during the Louisville game. Yeah, I got uh, Virginia Tech with
2: thirteen. Yeah. Louisville had nine.
0: Yeah, there were that and was and there had, most of the tournament. And Tech had eleven assists, so Tech had more turnovers and assists. Yeah, there were times where there were times where Louisville's press was just that good, where Tech ran into it and struggled to get the ball across half court. I think Jeff Walls was pissed a couple times because he thought there was a 10-second
1: call. Yeah.
0: But Tech, but if Tech wasn't doing it on the offensive end, well, Tech sure did it on the defensive end, yeah. and I think that's probably what impressed me the most is the way that they, uh, crystalline Carr had a phenomenal game. She for she had twenty seven for Louisville, yeah. career high. She made a bunch of shots down the stretch, but Tech took the
1: the other best player out of the game, Van Litt, Louisville's best player, out of the game completely. So here's your stat of the game. Louisville's best player, she had 12 points. Taylor Soule had 13 points in the second half.
2: Yeah. Yep. Amor ended up with 25, Kitley with 20. That's just like both of those two, they have... Twenty points in the right. ACC championship game. I mean, come on, that's like storybook.
0: Yeah. One, well, and and the way that you know Kitley got to her spots early, and it's funny. Uh, I was talking with uh, with Damian Salas, He was sitting right behind me, and uh, I turned to him after Kitley got her second, her first or second shot down, and she turned and smiled, and and we were both like, "Oh, it's over." Yeah. Like like yeah. because. Again, it was one of those things where they didn't put her down on the low block. She they dragged her out like 18 feet away from the basket, catch, turn, fadeaway, shoot, money. That that fadeaways on it's so hard to defend. And I was impressed with. I, I think honestly, I was more impressed with the other four: the Greg, Soul, Trailer, and King, because the way they defended, the way they. We're flying all over the floor and you know boxing out here and grabbing a rebound. Like if they don't make that play, probably an offensive rebound for Louisville. That's something that goes unnoticed in the stat sheet, but that's something I notice in person. Where where Trailer bringing the ball up the floor to give Amor a rest, or right. Soul doing the same thing, or, or King grabbing a rebound. And um, God, there was one play yesterday where King, uh where Louisville is pushing in transition and King poked the ball away and Taylor soul grabbed it and took it the other way. She might've missed the layup. I think she 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 did because that's when she got smacked. But, but plays like that are winning plays where you make the defensive play that leads the other way.
1: Yeah. So um, one of the aspects of this game, you know, again, go back to that January game against Duke when Duke beat on tech and beat tech. Louisville beat on tech just as hard. And you guys saw some examples on television. The shove out of bounds.
2: Yeah, that was that was bad. That
1: was. So that was in your corner. How what was that did not you a think? Flagrant? What did you think? So the angle I had on it, it didn't look that severe. When I got home and saw people talking about it on the message I, boards, and then I saw the replay, yeah, she bad. just shoved her out of bounds. So I'm sitting. For, for, you you had the different angle. I I
0: was gonna say, uh, Will's sitting in the corner, kind of where it happened. Will's looking at it from one angle. I'm looking at it from the complete opposite side of the corner. Like I was, I was basically across from the tech bench. So at the other end of the floor. And I couldn't tell. I didn't, they didn't really, they showed maybe a replay, but it wasn't a good angle in the arena. And I was like, okay, it looks like she just kind of bumped her. I thought it might have been like a shoulder or something.
1: Nah, she pushed. The replay? It was, it, it was a it shove. It was like a
0: two-hand arms extended.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah, and, and it was funny because uh, watching it on DVR, uh, Debbie Antonelli said at first, that's basically a shove, and then they sit there showing the replay of this egregious shove, and Beth Moans and and Debbie Antonelli start talking about, well, should they use Haley Van Lith as a decoy? And yeah, I'm like, are I agree you watching that. your monitor? Yeah. <laughs> this something should happen here. And it didn't, you know. Yeah. But, in, but anyway, back to my point. Um, I do remember another play where Georgia came from the corner up towards the top of the key and a Duke player, excuse me, a Louisville player came off the screen and bumped her off her line. Yeah. Hip checked her. And Georgia went like this in the air. And no call. Yeah. Uh, Liz got hit in the throat. Late yeah, in the I saw game. that. This was going yeah, on. Georgia the whole game. after the game, she had. I remember went, Georgia at one point going like this. Georgia,
0: I don't. I don't think she was bleeding, but like it looked like she had like bit her lip a she, little yeah, bit she after took the
1: shot, game. She took a shot to the to, to the chin yeah, at one point. It was point, physical, and they did not complain, and they battled, and they won, and yeah. they they couldn't do that a month and a half ago.
2: Deja Gregg went back to the locker room for a second. I don't know if you guys picked yeah, up on did. that, but she's fine, right? She came she's back.
1: Good. Well, she looked fine when she was she celebrated. Was, right. but I'll tell you well, that. She stayed in the game and proceeded to turn right. it over because she had landed on the ball or something, and clearly she was in pain. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, that's one person that I, I think... Deja Gregg? Deja Gregg, this team isn't half of what they are without Mo. And that's her nickname, they call her. Demo. Demo. uh and she is such a big piece. She knocks down. She knocked down a big right-wing three. I think it was against Duke. Yeah. But it's everything else. She is like the unsung hero of that team that is never going to get the praise, and the team's not half of what they are without her, especially on defense.
0: Yeah, she's, she's so smart. Um,
2: Kenny said she's one of the biggest basketball IQs he's yeah, ever had. Yeah, I mean,
0: her and her, her journey has been crazy. For those of you who don't know, she started at Georgia Tech, then went to a JUCO school, then came to Virginia Tech.
1: The JUCOs can be rough.
0: Like, like she's been all over the place and now she's, you know, I, I asked Kenny about it, about her probably after the Florida State or, or, or NC State game in castle. And he said, man, I remember it was the North Carolina game a couple of years ago where they needed to put her in by, n- they had to put her in like out of necessity. They had nobody else really. And they were surprised they kind of were like eye-opened. Wow. Like she knows what she's doing. She maybe just doesn't have the physical tools to do it yet. And she is developed into somebody who plays good defense, can hit the three. And she's so smart where she slows tech down. If you if you sit there and watch, like there are a lot of times where Georgia Haymore's racing around, and Keanu Taylor's racing around, and Taylor Soule wants to go downhill, and De'Ager Gregg catches the ball and settles down and basically goes, all right, like, can we just pause for a second? Like, mm-hmm. like take a moment? And she's, she's been steady for a lot. And been, Again, not perfect, but she's been pretty good, and she's kind of helped Tech just kind of stay
2: composed, I think, a lot through the season. Nine points, 13 rebounds against Miami. Yeah, that's yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Anything else on women's basketball before we take a short break and we talk about uh, the yeah, men's tournament? Yeah, well,
1: well, I think we do need to talk uh, about uh, the selection show is this coming Sunday, yep, and yes. then Tech will host the following weekend.
2: Yes.
0: Um, um, yeah, that's that's going to be big. And I want to mention one of the things I framed my my story around yesterday, which I hope everybody goes, reads, Um You know, a lot of people, Kenny had so many people telling him he couldn't do this job. First of all, he's the first black head coach to win an ACC women's basketball tournament. Right. And he's the only like men's basketball or male black, you know, black male at the power five level in women's basketball. Like, and he just won an ACC tournament, which, which speaks volumes to him and the, that landscape. But there were a lot of people in his first couple of years that were like, you blew this lead. How could you? really like like what are you doing right a- and at that time I think a lot of those people were probably right like like there were games Virginia Tech should have won that tech did not win and it was frustrating for him it was frustrating for fans where like tech would tech was up like 20 something against like Virginia at some point and blew a lead right yeah. there were just games where tech tech just wasn't in it mentally and Kenny Brooks came in and changed the culture and I asked him about it yesterday and he said, You know, from the coaches that were here, Sean Poppy, his associate head coach for so many years, literally won, as the head coach of Chattanooga yesterday, won the SOCON championship, which speaks volumes to how his staff has evolved. Asia Shepard, everybody knows her name. She went and won a WNBA title. But he's had so many players that have made this program what it is, and they made it possible to recruit Elizabeth Kitley and George Amore and Kayla King here, and they're the ones who have kind of laid the foundation and changed the culture. And this team is a com- at a completely different place than it was five years ago. and from from a foundation and culture standpoint where there were some players who didn't get along with each other. A- and, yes, that is correct. and and a lot of these players are best friends not saying you have to be best friends this but is,
2: they're tight but you they but they
0: love playing together. They love being around each other. And it's taken Kenny Brooks 7 years. But as I said Rome wasn't built in a day and Virginia Tech basketball wasn't either. Women's yeah. basketball wasn't either. And and to see I mean in in my opinion that that's what made it, it the most special for me yesterday was as somebody who's covered this team for a long time and of course will cover this program for a long time too. Seeing every, knowing everything that Kenny and this program have been through and all the people that have kind of put everything into it, to see them, it took seven years for Kenny to get to that point, but to see them win a championship and the smile on Kenny's face and just to see that they've done it, because that's that's one of the things. Elizabeth Kelly probably could have gone to a couple different places. Kenny didn't say she was high, you know, Kenny will say she probably wasn't that highly recruited, but like her best friend, Elisa Cunane went to NC State. Right. These are players that could have gone other places. They came to Virginia Tech when Virginia Tech was nothing.
1: Um, to, to put the Kenny Brooks stuff in perspective, I'm sorry I don't have the exact numbers, but he's had a winning season. I, I didn't realize this until I looked it up. He's had a winning season all seven years. The last head coach to have a winning season every year was Bonnie Henriksen. Yeah, Bonnie Henrikson's winning percentage at Virginia Tech was only slightly higher than Kenny Brooks's bonnie did win a conference tournament she won the 1998 uh atlanta 10 10 yeah in her first year and that's part of what gave them momentum going into that 98-99 season um so that's kind of it it was interesting to me to to put it into that perspective that that he's that level of coach because bonnie's generally regarded as you know the best coach in the history of tech women's basketball yeah Mm -hmm. well you
0: could say he's matched her
1: He's matched her, and it—you it, know—unless they fall flat on their faces, they are going to make a Sweet 16, which Bonnie did. The program's never made an Elite Eight, so if Kenny does that,
0: yeah. And I mean, being a one—I mean, again, highest ranking in program history, number four, as you said earlier. Tech's never been higher. I mean, Tech's NCA tournament seeds continue to break records. Tech's probably going to be a one or two seed, which would be a new program record. First time. Tech never won an ACC title. Tech won that. Um, I was telling Chris earlier that's thirty nine ACC team championships. Thirty nine for Virginia, Tech, for in Virginia Tech in all sports. In all sports, but they had never been past the sem- ACC tournament semifinal.
1: So here's another one in Kenny's sights. Ninety eight, ninety nine. Bonnie Hendrickson's team went twenty eight and three. That's the program record for wins. Twenty eight. Yeah. Well, this year's team is one twenty seven. Yeah. If they win two more, he sets the record for mm-hmm. program wins in a season. That's awesome.
2: And it, it, it's fun to see him succeed because he's such a, a great person. A story nobody would know, us trying to bring in our broadcasting recruits. We got our biggest one down here from Connecticut. Kenny spent like a half an hour yeah. with him, yeah. talking to him, and talking had nothing to do with basketball, didn't really have a ton to do with broadcasting, talking about recruiting in general yeah. and how this is a place that – is special with special people. and But more than anything, you got to find a place where you feel at home and where your heart is. If it's here, great. And if it's not, that's okay, too. Kenny, to spend a half an hour with a broadcasting kid that has nothing yeah. to do with women's basketball after a women's basketball game, I mean, like, yeah, this was nobody the, this saw this, that this was coming. This during
1: the season, this yeah. story. And that,
2: this wasn't like, hey, this is a favor for Bill. This was like Evan, he went Evan was calling the game. Evan's like, hey, meet Coach Brooks. Next thing you know, Coach yeah. Brooks stays around and talks to yeah, us for, for over like, a half hour. We, got, we
1: gotta go. We yeah. need to keep doing your chaos.
2: Well, you know, and you know what? You know who's coming? That kid's coming too. It's coming. Yeah.
0: You know, I I texted Bill Roth and Andrew Allegretto last night. Um, and this is more kind of a personal thing. Um, um but I'm no I know you know that that Kevin DiDomenico got the job with the Reno Ace's triple A yes, ball club. He's yeah. a VTSMA kid. He never did anything for tech sideline, but between Evan Hughes and Jay Kleiman, who both did, you know that's a huge step like that's right below the majors and after last night's game i texted andrew allegrette and bill roth and evan hughes and i said in 2019 the first ever 3304 broad 3304 sports broadcast was against louisville in 2019 tech lost by eight women's basketball right yes tech women's basketball tech lost by eight and there were a bunch of people there, but it was the first broadcast ever. Yesterday, at the ACC Tournament, Virginia Tech won an ACC Tournament Championship against Louisville, beat them by eight, nine. Eight. eight. Or they beat them by eight. Sorry, they lost by nine. They beat them by eight. Uh, and there were... But t- Evan and I were both there, but there were other... There were six other students there, between 33-4 and, and whoever. And that speaks to how 33-4 and the SMA program has grown, how... Kenny Brooks and that and and his program have grown kind of in in stride together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and what really stood out to me the most, I mean, Kenny's an awesome guy. But I remember when we first started doing thirty-three four stuff, Kenny was always like, "Hey, like if you want me to be in the stand-up post-game stand-up you guys are doing after broadcast, let me know. I'd love to do it." And like, this is just somebody who's a power-five women's basketball coach. See, hey, Kenny, Kenny gets
1: it. He yeah. gets all
2: that. Yeah. He, I feel. Honestly, we feel probably more connected with the women's basketball team than
1: any other team. I have noticed that pattern over the years that the, the Virginia Tech SMA, for those of you that don't know, that's sports media and analytics, the sports writing and broadcasting and production program here at Virginia Tech, that the students come out with a connection to women's basketball, and that's Kenny. Yeah, Yeah. that's Kenny. Mike Young's doing a good job of that, too.
2: Yeah, you want to talk men's basketball? Let's do it. Let's talk men's basketball. Short break. After this, we're talking about the ACC tournament coming up on the men's side. Can they make the magic happen again? Find out after this. Welcome back, Hokies fans, to episode 287 of the Tech Sideline podcast presented by First Bank and Trust Company. The TSL podcast is also presented by The Hokie Way. At The Hokie Way, we work to support Virginia Tech, our student-athletes, and our community. Together, we create a win for all. Learn more about our mission and how to get involved. Go to thehokieway.org to learn more. All right, let's get into our uh, second-half content. This one's going to be a, a little bit quicker here. Virginia Tech men's basketball ACC tournament starts on Tuesday. Hokies are the last game of day one down in Greensboro. 7 o'clock tip-off, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. Let's get your guys' thoughts here.
0: First of all, the fact that the Tech has got the late tips all week again.
1: That's no, it's going to be keeping
0: 930 you 9.30 tips if Tech wins. Oh, my right. God. Um, I don't know how many people actually watched the first Virginia Tech Notre Dame game because uh, um, was, it on, was it on? It was on RSN. RSN. All right, it yeah. was on RSN. Uh, so how many people actually watched it? I don't know. Uh, Grant and Nate Laszewski had thirty-three each. Yeah, right. There was no defense played, uh, so that kind of goes to show you uh, what kind of game we're probably going to be setting up for tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the pattern between Virginia Tech and uh, Notre Dame for the last few games. Do you know off the top of your head how many Tech has won against Notre Dame?
0: Uh, five in a row.
1: Five in a row, and last year during the ACC tournament, I think it was 92-87 or something yes. like that. Oh,
0: I, I think I think it was eighty. I think it was eighty eight, eighty two. Yeah, I wrote it. Uh, let me go. Let me go check. You keep talking. Yeah.
1: So, uh, you like the text won five in a row against Notre Dame, but in my opinion, it's one of those games where it, it's a roll of the dice. Yeah, you know it. It's uh, it the pattern is eighty seven,
2: eighty in the tournament. 80. Here's the problem. Virginia Tech had to score eighty something points to beat Notre Dame the first time, and they barely beat them.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, the problem. So, and I will say, from an analytical standpoint, for those of you who love diving into the basketball, that was the only game this year that Mike Young and Virginia Tech switched everything because you have to. And Nate Laszewski still went off. The problem. So the pro- <laughs> the problem that Notre Dame the problem that Notre Dame presents is everybody can shoot the three, kind of like Tech. They're skilled. But everybody can shoot the three, and. and like, like, so you have to be able to guard everything. It's not like you're playing a, for example, North Carolina, where Armando Bacot's is not going to shoot a three, right? So you don't have to guard him on the perimeter. That That's, that, that's and that's not, I don't mean that to be a dig. That's just like a fact, right? He's not a three-point shooter. Nate Lashevsky will shoot the three, and he's good at it. And the problem is... One of the things was that Tech struggled with its big men switching a little bit onto to Liszewski. Yeah, that's um, kind
1: of been an issue all year for um, Tech, It's the switching and rotation.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, that was evident in <clears throat> the Boston College game, <laughs> um, th- where teams have been able to use the pick and roll and kind of move stuff around to, an, to its advantage because Tech is slow to rotating. So that is kind of the number one thing. Tech's going to switch a lot of stuff between the guards and... You know, you might see a lot more of Lynn Kidd than Melajel Poti because he might be able to switch more stuff. Right. Um, so that's what's the most difficult thing about Notre Dame. But I actually I barely so I barely watched the men's game on Saturday. So but it sound from from everything I read and from the stuff I did watch, Tech shot the ball really, 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 well. up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I wanna look at the bracket here because what everyone is so excited about is and I will say I have to agree. Tech did get the best possible draw here, as far as their path to a possible repeat in the ACC Championship. Um, you play Notre Dame first. Been better if you win. If you win. If you win against Notre Dame, you play NC State. Tech saw NC State once probably should have won that game against mm. NC State. Hunter Couture did not play. In Castle, and man. then if you beat NC State, you get a, a, a third time against Clemson. <laughs> uh, probably should have beat Clemson both times, and Clemson has kind of fallen off a little bit towards the end of the yes. season, and it's really hard to beat a team three times. So you kind of like Tech's chances if they get to play Clemson. I'd rather play Clemson and NC State than UNC, Virginia, Pitt. I don't know about Pitt, Miami. Miami, I, Pitt. Duke, uh, and probably Syracuse and Wake too. Maybe not. NC I think State, Pitt,
0: I think Pitt is the one team that I think Tech would be fine playing again too. Um,
1: yeah, it was really weird that uh, I didn't know Pitt before Tech played him. And Pitt shot very poorly from the outside, and everybody said afterwards, "Oh, they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the ACC." Is like, really? Well, Tech didn't. It's see in it.
2: Castle. I throw it out the door <laughs> when it's in Castle.
1: Well,
0: okay. So what happens when it's in Greensboro? Yeah, That's what I I'm know. saying. Exactly. So
1: I will say here. Here, remember
0: this: you're playing a North Carolina team in Greensboro. If you win, you're playing NC State in Greensboro. Right? Yeah, um, we've seen NC State for those women's games. Uh, mm. That place is going to be.
2: I don't know that they care about men's basketball as
0: much as women's basketball. uh, (laughs) NC State's going to the tournament this year.
2: Yeah, I think they care about women's basketball more than they do men's basketball. It depends on if they're winning or not. That's interesting. It depends on if they're winning or not. They are dedicated women's basketball fans.
0: That's not to say they're not dedicated men. men's That's basketball fair. fans. May I introduce you to the 1973 National Championship? Okay, that was
2: 1973. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, hey, that
0: stuff lasts.
2: Man. Let me introduce <laughs> you to the... T-
0: <laughs> um, but no, I, 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 here's the thing. I think Tech... I, I don't know, what do you think? Do you think Tech has a... I think Tech has a favorable path, but... I, Again, this comes down to whether or not Virginia Tech plays consistent basketball or not. This doesn't. I think Tech could be anybody in the ACC if it plays good basketball.
1: I know, and that's that's the bottom line. Except, you know, Miami's such a load; Miami, they're tough. But before, yeah. it, well, they're it, not going to have
2: it, to play Miami till a championship game. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm I'm, I'm that's with, assuming I'm with Miami the crowd. makes it.
1: I, I, I Syracuse love, is
2: taking out Miami in the quarters. <laughs> okay, right, <so. I'll> let's <laughs>
1: relax. <laughs> I, I love. I do love Tech's draw. When I saw the bracket, I was like, huh. You know, and yeah. and so you said it's hard to beat the same team three times. Um, I submit to you the 0607 Hokies, who wound up as a number five seed in the NCAA tournament. They lost three games to NC State that year, and none of them I remember being particularly close. So it does those happen. Were, those were oh, like yeah, the, those were like the uh, like
0: the Ben McCauley days.
1: Yeah, and and the the, the tough something. Uh, So anyway, the the grinded out NC State. If if Tech can make it into that game against Clemson, I do like their chances. Um, And, you know, NC State's athleticism is a problem, uh, both at the guard position and the big fella down inside. DJ Burns. Yeah. If Tech keeps winning, we are going to be up late, David. Between
2: me making reports and you writing stories with these 930 tips, we're not going to sleep in Greensboro.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You guys are young. You can handle it. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat>
0: um, I'm. I'm very interested to see. Um, did you, were you at the men's game on Saturday? No, you I was were calling, calling baseball. baseball. <laughs> did you get to watch? You didn't go, but you got to watch it. Um, what I did you think of? What did you? Obviously, Tech shot the ball super Bowl. What did you think of Tech's defense?
1: You know, I I had it split screen with the women's game, so I, I was not okay. able to really. I need to go I back. I just kept and watch. going. Wow, look at Padula. <laughs> wow, look <Yeah>. at Padula. <laughs> Sean Padula, 25 points, right? Career high. Yeah. I think he was six of eight from three after going five of five the year before against them.
2: It's definitely hey. I feel a little bit better. I don't know how much better I feel because Florida State's not very good. But you'd rather go into the tournament with that than how they had been playing. No, yes. uh, right? I,
1: I, so they I, won two in a row now, right? Yes. Yeah. Louisville, Florida State. Yeah. I mean. Oh it's, yay!
2: The the bottom two teams <laughs> yeah, in the well, conference.
0: Well, Florida State's the twelve. The bottom. The uh, the second bottom team is Notre Dame, who okay, you're playing apparently. on Tuesday. Uh, again, it comes down to whether or not Virginia Tech plays good defense consistently. In my opinion, shots mm. shots shots will fall or they won't fall. Or not fall. That's yeah. that's just the way it's. That's basketball, right? But in the games, Virginia Tech played consistent defense. The Hokies were really good,
1: but those games have all been in Castle, right? A lot of them. Yeah. yeah. The top the,
2: of this tournament is such a muck. Like Pitt and Miami played each other Saturday night. For the one seed, yeah, Pitt lost and got the five seed. Yes, it's so it's because, such there's, a muck because at the there is because there was
0: a three way tie between UVA, Miami, and Pitt. No, between Pitt, Clemson, and Duke.
2: Yes, right. But before before that, there but, was a three way tie at the top with UVA, Miami, and Pitt. Correct. Yes, yeah. and
0: they lost out of it. Miami won the head to head over Virginia, and then Pitt. Right. Pit Pitt lost the tiebreakers
2: to both Duke and Clemson because they lost their last two games. Yeah. Right.
1: It's interesting. Pitt could be an early exit. Looking at the bracket, they could be an... Uh, Who does Pitt have? I'm not... Well, they're going to have the winner of Florida State and Georgia Tech. They'll beat, though. They'll, they'll <laughs> win that. And is this then, a, then this they a got Duke. Is this a, is this a Josh
0: Pastner redemption tour?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Just, so is, is
2: Josh,
1: What seed is, is Boston College? Uh, BC is the 10 seed. Mm. You know, and Virginia Tech's 11, so BC's basically got Virginia Tech's seed because of the two
2: games. (laughs) So... (laughs) Tech would not have to play BC until a semifinal.
1: <laughs> See, that's, we, a we didn't to that's the best thing about this bracket is Boston College <laughs> is on the other side of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather not have to play Miami or Duke again particularly, and we wouldn't I have know. to play them until a championship At game. Boston. Yeah, College. well, you, here's
0: the thing. It seems you, the teams you don't want to play right now, like you don't want to play Duke and Miami, and they're both on the – you don't play Duke, Miami, or Boston College, and they're all on the other side. I I, t- I I think anybody else on anybody else on that side of the bracket for Tech is beatable. Again, right. it comes down to, like like we've seen this Virginia Tech team. Yes, North Carolina did not have Armando Bacot, but Tech beat. Ar- Tech beat North Carolina back in December. Completely different team, albeit yes. I wouldn't particularly choose to play them. Yes. Who North Carolina? Yeah. All I was yeah. going to All I'm saying is that there are a lot of teams in the league that Virginia Tech can beat when it is playing cohesive basketball. Yeah. And that is the question. It's it's not it's not whether or not you know, teams are teams are obviously going to defend Virginia Tech a certain way, right? I think teams will like like when and when teams with athleticism like NC State come into play or teams like Clemson are physical, those games are really, really tough. But there are gonna be opportunities, whether it's on Tuesday night or if Virginia Tech wins on Wednesday or Thursday. Right, there are going to be opportunities. The problem is that Tech has been so inconsistent on both ends. If yep. it can put something together, I won't be. Su- I would not be surprised if Virginia Tech goes to the semifinals because I, I
1: would agree with that. Yeah.
0: Because it's like okay, it's, a, it's Notre Dame, NC State, and Clemson. That's very doable. Yes. Yeah. Again, it's like okay, these are teams that Virginia Tech all played well, played could could have played well against earlier in the year. So again, but I could also see Tech going out. Tomorrow could, could get bounced. Shoot.
2: Virginia and Tech in the semifinal. Oh, That'd you'd be have nice. to make a trip down I'll for that. Driving one. down, yeah, yeah. Down you'd be that. going. Yeah. Why aren't yeah. you going in the first place?
1: Uh, uh, I don't know. You I'm do tired, not. Nine thirty games. Do, you do not. You do not want 2 to go to a.m. last night, right in a column. You do yeah, not want wait. to go to Tech Notre Dame on Tuesday. I'm telling you, it's just gonna be nobody
0: there. There's gonna be no defense.
2: Yeah, that's that's those are fun games though
0: um how hey, question for you um this is on the women's basketball tournament. how were what did you think about the broadcast and stuff there were no
1: rsn games this year it was all on the ac network awesome um i like debbie antonelli a few people have a like somebody on our message board noticed that she always calls a three-point shot a triple i you i it like, that once you notice that kind of stuff you know, yeah she's a very good analyst and uh yes you know uh, it, it was a good analysis good too. yeah um yeah, Matt Mowens. My only beef was sitting there, like I said, watching the replay. Of <laughs> they're, not, of they're, they're not talking no about it. No mention yeah. of, of the assault that just occurred right in front I'm of me. I'm glad
0: him. it was good. Um, I still, I don't think I ever really, maybe I need to ask Kenny this, this upcoming week when I see him next about clarification on what happened with the court.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. I, I,
0: because, but I mean, it was fixed. Doesn't matter. Tech won on championship on that court. Yeah. So,
1: so anyway, um, Yeah. It's funny. I have this, I want to say this and it's probably not the smart thing to say, but I think the Virginia Tech men either get bounced in the first round or, <laughs> or make a run. Or they make a run. Yeah. You know, I can't see them winning five in a row. That's 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 yeah, a tough ask. But getting to the semis, I could see that. I could
0: I could see I could see a Virginia, Virginia Tech semifinal game. UVA with a UVA will have played one game and it would be Tech's fourth game in four yeah, days. Yeah. And and at that point and at night. At that point your yeah. legs catch up to you, maybe. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh, and UVA is good. UVA is kind of falling off towards the end too, though. Here a little bit, they lost to BC, which it seems like everyone goes up to Conti Forum and just just can't quite close up the Takes a nap deal. and
1: wakes up with a loss. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's a good way to put it. You I don't go know up if there I, and I don't you, know you black I, out up there, <laughs> and then you come back and you lost. So yes. this is
1: great. So all of the uh, all of the opening day games are on the ACC network, and then they're on, then they're on the ESPN family from that point on. Nice. So is I, it I, I well, is a
0: lot of ESPN? ESPN too?
1: Yes, so the second round, for example, is ESPN, ESPN, two slash U, two slash U. And then the day after that is ESPN slash two. So a lot of ESPN slash two in the quarterfinals. Yeah, nice. Yes. Sweet. But good. Anything else, fellas? Go yeah. to
0: Tex subscribe. Yeah. What's coming uh, up this week? Uh, well, uh, I have not posted Jack Brissentine's wrestling story yet, but by the time you listen to this, it will be posted. So go read it. Jack was down there in, in, in Raleigh. I feel really bad for him um, because he left watching Virginia Tech win an AC title too. To, to be fair, he did cover uh, Lewis and Caleb Henson winning. And he titles. does really like and, wrestling. And Jack, he does Jack enjoys wrestling. Day. He likes it a lot. Um, um, but baseball's got some stuff coming up this week. Obviously spring break, women's basketball's off. Um, You and I will both be down in Greensboro covering the men's Nicholas Men's team. Well. Nick will be down there too. There'll yeah. be a bunch of tech people
2: down there. Um, no Kyle car. Everyone's going to be down there.
1: Yeah. Let's hope the Hokies stay a while. So the path is, is open for me to redo the tech sideline podcast intro and outro. No
2: more jungle music at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. Right, so <laughs> yeah I but, feel
1: like we're going on the jungle
2: cruise at Disney. <laughs> as far as,
0: <laughs> as far as stuff coming up this week, I think baseball and softball both have midweek games. Like they both have Tuesday games, I think. Yeah. Um, and baseball's got Boston College. Who does softball have, Nick? No, on, you know, on on Sun on the weekend? The weekend? I don't know. You it's guys, away. You, oh, it's okay. okay. It's away. You guys should know that. Baseball.
2: Yeah. Uh, probably.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, there there's gonna be a lot of stuff coming up this week. Yeah, Wrestling's so, not for um, a while.
1: I mean, spring football starts here soon in about a, a week, week and a half. Ten yeah. days. Um, so you know, come by, sign up for a subscription and uh follow Spring Football the Access. I think it's going to be unprecedented. Oh yeah.
0: I, haven't, yeah, I haven't been on here since I talked to Brent Pry last. So
1: yeah, so yes, we do have a subscriber Q and A from David from last week with uh, Coach Pry, that was that was done like a day after we had him on the yeah. podcast. So Beautiful. so yeah, I'd encourage you to subscribe and and follow the spring football practice because I I, th- I think, like I said, the access is going to be phenomenal. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, that does it for episode 287 of the Tech Sideline broadcast or podcast, not broadcast. <laughs> Thank you so much to uh, both First Bank and Trust Company and the Hokie Way for sponsoring today's show. We got plenty of ACC tournament content coming out this week on top of all the other sports. So definitely stay tuned for so much more. Thank you, as always, for joining us and we will see you next time around.